Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. Join me as we have a real life discussion on how to change your life by changing your thoughts. Remember, question everything, trust yourself, and find your truth. Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. My name is Sloan Fremont, and I'm your host. Today, I want to welcome back one of my regular monthly guests, one of my favorite guests, Dr. Erhard Vogel, for our monthly conversation. And Erhard is recognized as one of the foremost meditation and self-realization teachers in the world. He is the founder of the Nataraja Yoga Ashram in San Diego, and Erhard teaches only from direct experience. And if you've listened to any of our previous episodes, you know this to be true. And this is one of my one of the reasons I love talking to Erhard because the things that we talk about are real. They're things that um, that, as as I said, learning from direct experience. And with clarity and simplicity, Erhard demystifies the fundamental questions of life and guides his students to find answers within themselves. And his most recent book is called A Dialogue with Death: The Teacher of Life an ancient story for the modern world. So Erhard, I want to welcome you back to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Sloan. So we've talked now, it's been almost a full year that we've had our monthly conversations. And I was thinking back over over some of our conversations that we had. And the core focus of our conversations have been around how to actually experience ourselves. So being engaged in the process of life to help us respond to those internal signals that we feel, um, reminding ourselves and actually valuing ourselves enough to love ourselves and be willing to do this kind of internal work. And would you add any more to that? Well, uh, no, I I just want to put a different uh, way of saying something like Mm -hmm. as an example. See, I sometimes wonder if people really get the impact of the words that we're saying. Mm -hmm. Even though we're using regular words, we don't use anything. So, um, you're talking about people actually being in their life. Right. Being aware of the fact that they're in this life. Yeah. (laughs) And I give you an example. I mentioned this once before, but this recurs. In my memory, a lady, we were talking about being focused, being conscious. And a lady Mm -hmm. in class was saying, oh, I know what you mean. Because just as I was driving here to the center, I was stopped at a light. And all of a sudden it occurred to me, how did I get here? Mm -hmm. Meaning she wasn't present as she was driving here for the last half hour, 40 minutes, what have you. Right, right. And the thing is that this is not an isolated incident. This is how most people live their life. Their mind is going on taking care of the tasks, but very little of mind's work is related back to the person as I'm experiencing myself as I'm doing this. I am the doer. I am the experiencer. Do you see? Right, I do. That is what's missing. So then you ask, okay, how is that different from a coma? It's not very different. (laughs) Right. Would you you consciously choose to go through life in a coma? No. Because it's easier? (laughs) Right, right. 
Nothing is expected of you. Nothing is asked of you. You have no responsibility. When you're not living your life in relationship to yourself, i.e. in consciousness, right. you're missing out on that whole life. And yet people can hear that and understand it and agree with it and keep on doing it. Right. And so what, what do I have to do to get the point across that that is the cause of your suffering? Right. And that example you gave about the driving, that's such a common example of people doing that, that yeah. when, whenever somebody tells the story of doing that, everyone just laughs and says, oh, yes, I do that too. But nobody actually stops to understand that's what right. that means. Right, right. And so you could say, okay, so in that that particular incident, this lady was aware that she had spent that amount of time not conscious, not in the awareness of being. She was aware of how to drive the car and all that, but she was not aware of the fact that she was being as she was driving the car. Right. Which right. isn't that the most precious thing about us that we are? Right. What you know, we have horror movies where people are going through motions and do things, but are not mentally connected with it. Right? Right. That's horror movie stuff. That's what most people's lives are. It is, and and I so know. Why isn't that so frightening that people really want to do something about it? I know. And, and, you know, and we've, that's again, you know, why we're having these conversations. And I know you've taught this for years. You've taught thousands of students. And I know some of my audience is probably new to you if they've listened to maybe some of our previous uh, episodes. But, um, and and that's kind of where I wanted to go today. Thinking about that, about maybe going a little, maybe talking about what you get out, what, what happens afterwards, after you've, you've, you've started to do some of the things that we've talked about on the show. You, you've started to live more consciously. You realize, okay, I'm the person driving on autopilot. I don't want to do that anymore. And maybe you've done some inner work and then some time goes by and you start to notice positive changes in your life. Right. And people notice or people around you notice, Oh, this person is now behaving differently. They're um, I'm they're acting differently in some way. And it, potentially, you know, maybe triggers other people or, or or the person doing the inner work doesn't get a positive response. So what I, what I wanted to talk about today with you a little bit is get some, for those people who have done the work or are doing the work, they're making the effort to do what we talk about. And you start to see these changes. How do you, first off, if you don't get a positive response from people that can sometimes make you feel like, why did I do this then if now I'm people aren't positive? No, no. Uh, never feel how did such and such make me do such and such? Mm-hmm. How did the person's disapproval make me feel uh, let down or disappointed or uncertain and so on. No, right. Nothing makes you feel other than you. Yes. You create your feelings, believe it or not. Uh, and it's not that feelings are all mental constructs, they're not. But in the way that you direct your life, you determine the kind of feelings that you have. Yes. And yes. so here, I can give you an example. There, let's say there are two major 
feelings. There's a division of two types of feelings. One is in response to you being in the experience of you being in this life. Right? Mm -hmm. There's a certain kind of feeling where you're in touch with yourself, where you respect yourself, where you love yourself, where you're conscious, no matter what the time or circumstance or condition, you're conscious. That's one kind of, a a certain kind of feeling comes along with that. Yes. Mm -hmm. A feeling of being balanced, feeling secure with yourself, feeling peace. With this comes a quiet, balanced joy. There comes more of an alertness, an aliveness. All of this you're registering and it feels wonderful. Right. Another kind of feeling comes from your attention going only to other things and not to you. The other things may be what you're working on right now, what you're talking with another person, what the weather is like, uh, how your stomach is feeling and all that kind of stuff. Stomach feeling is not even close yet. It's not really yet experiencing you. The yes. being, being in this life, being in this the conversation or the circumstance or what have you. That gives gives entirely opposite feelings of the first when you're in consciousness. It gives feelings of insecurity. Right. Because you're not in charge. You're not consciously taking care of things. It gives feelings of being disregarded, being isolated, being alone, being lonely. All All due to your disregarding experiencing you being. All of you not including you in what's going on, thus lonely, isolated. Do you see? I do. I do. And so, so someone who is, again, I want to focus on the, those who are on the path, maybe they're, they're just starting out. They're, they're implementing some of the things they've listened to your teachings. They've, um, you know, maybe done some of your meditations and getting started with this. Maybe they're feeling, you know, a little wobbly, right? One day they may be, you know, feeling really good. And then they may go back to some of those unconscious ways of, of, of experiencing life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what advice do you have for people who, who are going through that and maybe are, let's say maybe trying to find other people who are like-minded and maybe they're not close to San Diego. And so maybe they're, um, they want to maybe even form a group or they want to, they want to somehow experience this, uh, with 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 others what yeah. what would you offer those people that are just getting started in my teachings it goes to people all over the world mm-hmm. because that's what we have nowadays you know right the, the whole band and all of the internet and all that kind of stuff and in the teachings people are included in the class that takes place here in La Jolla, as well as over the internet. Mm-hmm. And so you're a member of the group, and you uh, you communicate with other with other members of the group, and you get the same uh, you know uh, exercises to practice your consciousness with throughout the week, and you exchange ideas with each other and get your group support and in- experiences of interconnectedness, because. 
that is so opposite of the isolation to which we subject ourselves so much. Right, right. Which is to earlier, you know. So, you need, you know, where, where do you receive guidance if you, if you want to be a top-notch uh, brain surgeon? You don't, just the fact that you have a real desire for that is fine, but it's not enough. Right. You got you got to learn and you got to right. practice it. And it's got to be real. It can't be just, you know, all wishful thinking or what have you. You know. So you find yourself a guide. What right. kind of guide? One who speaks to your heart. Mm -hmm. If you hear uh, someone speaking in it, and in you it says, "Yes, I get this. I understand this. I'm with this." Then you, that may be, that's a good teacher for you. Yeah. You yeah. Uh, if yeah. you're present, if you want to be present, you know. Yes, and I think that um, that reminder of well, especially you know, just as you said today, uh, and I've talked about this a lot. I think you and I have talked about too about that that isolation or feeling so alone, and how that um, that tends to be the default, at least for me. I don't know. I'm not going to say for all the listeners, but that tends to be the default, and so often we do forget that there's resources around us. There's resources worldwide that we can, you know, tap into to find like-minded people, work with guides, work with leaders like you who can, uh, the right kind of teacher to get people on the right path. Cause we've talked about that too, about what that means to have the right kind of teacher. Right. And still, you know, there's another distinction of right, right kind of, not so right kind of teacher. Right. Uh, the, the teacher who seizes upon your negative qualities, your lacks, mm -hmm. uh, and tries to enhance your relationship with them, either by rationalizing that these are good and this and this and this, that is a sure way to to cultivate an attachment to the negative. Yeah. Do you see? Yeah. And the, the danger is that there is a tendency in most people to go towards that attraction of the negative. Right. Although, even if they know that's what makes them suffer, but that's what they're used to. And it seems that if that kind of, per that kind of teacher will also sort of have the air of, Look, all of the problems that you have, bring them here. I'll, I'll solve them for you. And that's what I don't do. Right. <laughs> so I'm going to solve your problems. Hey, you're welcome to your problems if you insist on keep on, on recreating them all the time. That's your choice, you know? Yeah. If, if you want to have help and even experiences how beautiful and luminous it can be to live in awareness of yourself and in relationship with yourself. If you want to have an experience of that and are completely uh, uh, sincerely open to that, I can help you. I can give you that, you know. And that openness, that willing to be open too, is is very interesting to think about as as... Because sometimes we think we're open, but when we get into this type of work or find a teacher like you, some some of the some things can be confronting and they can feel um because it's different or it's new. And so it's easy to fall back into the old ways. 
At least that's been, that's been where the, all the unease lies. Yeah. So if we think it's easy. That's the delusion that we sell to ourselves. Yeah. But we, who are normally intelligent persons, we can treat ourselves as if we were really stupid <laughs> by the lies that we convince ourselves. Yeah. Of. Yeah. 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 I, I do know. And, I, and I'm amazed at myself at the, at the lies I create and the lies I believe. <laughs> yeah. And it's 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 amazing what our minds will come up to and what come up with and what we're willing to believe with, with those stories. And so feel rest assured that you are uh, allowed to tell yourself these lies, and that you're allowed to make yourself pretend you believe them. Uh, it's always your choice. Yeah. You're also allowed to do something about it. Yes. And, yes. And, um, you know, that's a difference that that allowance of self and being in giving ourselves personally, giving our own selves that permission. Um, it seems so obvious, but yet, as we've talked about in all these conversations, it, it, it doesn't seem to be. And he's, even in the example you gave of the woman driving the car right, without just not yeah. even knowing how she got there. But the thing is, when you say it seems so obvious, would you say it is so obvious? No, I don't. I think when I we would, talk... Wait a minute. I, I would say, yes, it is so obvious. Here, here's how I mean that. Okay. It seems so obvious when we don't let the light come in. So the darkness and the stumbling around and the hurting that we get from that, yeah. you know, it doesn't seem so obvious that we, are, that we actually created that. Why doesn't it? We, because we have an elaborate network of confusion and distortions and distractions by which we allow ourselves to take that... Uh, Instead of just saying, this is the ob obvious truth of it, and the consequence is that I'm suffering, and what I can do about it is this, and that's what I'm going to do about it, because I'm in charge, this is my life, I have the ability to respond to it. In other words, I have responsibility, and I can exercise it, and I choose it. You see? Yeah. That's very simple. Yes. And the other stuff is so obscure and so complicated, and therefore, it just stays around, even though the person might know 10 years that this does not work. <laughs> you know? Right. And, and I guess to me, what, when I answered the question, no, it, it, it's, it's not obvious. It's obvious when we're discussing it. To, to me, it's always it's obvious when I'm talking about it outside of whatever the situation it is. When I'm in the situation and the network of lies are just enveloping me and coming down on me in the time when it should be the most obvious to me has always felt the time I'm the most vulnerable, the most vulnerable and the least able to see what it is that I need to see. Yeah. So may I make a suggestion? Mm -hmm. Please do. Get rid of the idea that these things are not obvious mm. and accept the fact that they are obvious, obvious. Yeah. You just said so because yeah. other times you've experienced them as obvious. Yes. The only time you don't experience the obvious is when you purposefully put up 
a whole bunch of screens, smoke screens and obscurements that make it feel so complicated. You're so right. <laughs> you say to yourself, okay, I'm going to go for the truth, for the fact, yeah. for reality, for yeah. the being that I am right now, because it's obvious. I just have to stop making making it difficult and obscured and complicated and so on. But I'm just going to go the obvious route, you know? Yeah. Like what you hear so far? Take what you've learned and invest in yourself with the Create What You Speak Academy. Visit createwhatyouspeak.com to learn more. Now back to the show. Yes. But it's a good starting point. Then you have to see that through. Then you actually have to, you know? Yes, I do. And I'm just thinking about examples in my own life. And and one of the questions that came up that I don't think I've ever asked you is, do we ever actually reach a point where we're fully realized, where we're fully, fully, I don't know, maybe these things aren't, we're, what I've started to experience lately is some things that felt to me as stress or anxiety think thoughts in that of that nature have started to feel farther away they don't feel as close as yeah. and when they're close and they feel like they're just attached and hooked into me and i can't get rid of them i've started to notice some of those thoughts don't feel as close and so, so that got me curious yeah go ahead tells you right away that it doesn't have to be as complicated as it at other times to be right right because right it has some more clearing up so that can be done. It's important yes. for you to know that you're doing things and that you're doing them right and well and that you can do it. Yes. Yes, because that was a totally new experience for me to ex to experience those thoughts further away. And these, to me, previously had felt like such big things that, that um, I had never experienced them any other way. And so now I'm starting to understand how that feels and what that's like. And then again, it makes me go into more of what we're talking about here with this is obvious. This is easy. I, yeah. I can let the complications go. It doesn't have to be the old stories that I've been telling myself. May I give you uh, an experience if you want to focus in this? Yeah. Okay. Imagine you, you've, the, <clears throat> the obvious is always within you. The fact that you are that you are being is always the simple fact, right? Right. And now what would, would it be like if you were aware of the being that you are, moment to moment, action to action, every moment in continuity? How would that feel? I think it would feel those feelings that you talked about earlier, that peace, that balance, that... Um... To me, it feels soothing. Yeah. So an inner security. Right. A trust in yourself. Yes. That would grow into an un unconditional acceptance of yourself. Yes. Can you imagine that acceptance of yourself where you're not questioning your validity or your ability or anything else about you. You're accepting yourself unconditionally. Right. Yeah. You know I mean. That, you know what that is the foundation for? Love. Mm -hmm. Accepting yourself unconditionally is, in my opinion, the, the foundation of love. 
Yeah. And what we grow up, I think, or let me, let me continue in this flow. Yes. This, this, what I described right now, is it possible for you to experience that? Yes. Right. It's simple to experience once you're alerted to it, right? Yes. Then, so in other words, you are capable of experiencing that. Yes. So then you can choose to experience that continuously about the validity of you, the, the, the power of being that you are and so on. You can, con you, you can experience it. You can experience it continuously if you do what is required, which is to be attentive to yourself, to be in a relationship with it yourself and so on. So the thing is, you can do that. Right. So your question, is it possible for me to do it wholly, fully? Yes, if you can do it, you can do it fully. Yes, I do see. And again, what I love about our conversations is the the simplicity of how in I'll just speak personally, but stories I've created to make things complex to build those screens or walls or whatever. And in our conversations, the the simplicity of the explanation. And also when we talk about this stuff, I always feel very empowered. It's, it's the reminder that, well, yeah, I can do this. I don't have to, it doesn't have to, I don't have to overcomplicate it. Like um, I don't have to overcomplicate it. I can, I can do differently. I choose to do differently. The overcomplicating is not done by you. It's maybe allowed by you or caused yeah. by you, yeah. but it's done by a facet in you that is so attached to being in an unconscious state because it's so familiar and every, it seems like everybody else is doing it too. Yeah. It will stay like that. That's why it is complicated and difficult. It'll, it'll, you'll forget. That's how it does it, right? You'll forget. Yeah. Yeah. Or you get, you get really into tight situations and then you're going right back into the same old habits of yes. being in a tight situation instead of just stepping back a little bit, taking a breath and seeing the power of being that you are. And that's that's where your comfort lies. This is where your safety, your peace lie and so on. Yeah. So the other situation loses its power to be number one in your life. Yes. Because, you know? I do. And I have had a couple of those experiences recently where things that normally would have, you know, really been caused anxiety or stress. I, I chose to do something different. I, it was, it felt like a lot of efforting and efforting in the moment because it was a new, it was new. I was doing something new. I was responding differently, but I was so surprised when I came on the other side of that, how different I felt, how, um, in the choice, how empowered I feel felt to act differently in something that normally would have caused me a lot of pain or despair. Well, that that reminds me of the stress release response. I think we talked about that in the past. Mm -hmm. uh, it's seven steps that you can do at a moment's notice and by which you can guarantee yourself being free from the harmful effects of stress. So I said a lot in the, those words, but stress is very harmful. Physically, yes. Mentally, emotionally, 
socially, relationship-wise, and on every level, stress is very harmful. Yes. You can learn to do seven steps at a moment's notice that get you completely focused in uh, on uh, in consciousness, and thereby you free yourself from stress. Now, we ha I have a, d a CD on that. We have it available over the internet, and this and this and this. And people who've tried it have. With, if they do it sincerely, without fail, you'll notice right away that works. So, so you would think everybody would want to avail themselves of that, right? To be free from stress and all its harmful effects and to be transcendent, to be, to be powerful enough to be beyond that. Mm -hmm. So I'll link to that in the show notes so the listeners can find that, the, the seven steps you're talking about. And I want to go back to what you said a minute ago, though, about forgetting. When we, when we, when we learn these new ways and we really have a genuine desire to do this and we're doing the work, right? We're doing the, the work, whatever that is that and I'll just use that word. Like yeah. Why do we forget if we're putting all the, if we are genuinely wanting to do this stuff and we're making the attempt, why in the moment do we forget? Same reason for why would we choose a moment of darkness and turmoil and murkiness when we could choose a moment of clarity and light and, and joy. Mm. Why? Because we're habituated to it? Mm -hmm. Because we don't value ourselves sufficiently to set out and say, I'm going to do something about this. Yeah. Say myself, I'm the one who's doing this. You know, life is not imposing all the suffering on me. It's me. Yeah. And even as you're talking about this and making these personal declarations, right? There's, as I hear you say this, and I know I've done this in my own life where I've, I, I called it, I, I took a stand for myself. I stood, this is, this is what I'm doing now. And there's so much power in that when we decide to do that and to start changing these behaviors, start, um, as we've talked about being willing to do the work, loving ourselves enough to do this. And that, that, and I asked about the forget, forget, because sometimes then I know for my own self, I felt like, well, then I must not be doing it right. Or this, this doesn't work for me. Right. All of the, all of the lies that want to come up, but that, people, that people always say, I'm not doing it right when they're not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's yeah. Not that this doesn't work. It's that you're not working it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right? that's a really good point. Yeah. Nothing works. Nothing helps me. Poor me. I'm going to be isolated and suffering yeah. for the rest of my life. Poor me. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I'm guilty. I've done that in the past myself. And and then I pull myself out of it because I'm like, no, that's not actually the life I'm going to live. And so, so you were saying you had experiences where you were, let's say, uh, the light went on inside mm -hmm. of you. Where yeah. you were yourself and with yourself and so on. Yes. Well, but then come times where you forget and so on. Yes. Act as if you never experienced that. Well, so you would like to 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 care of that, not have that happen, right? Yes. So what you do is okay. I've had this experience of light and or of just being conscious and so on. Now I know it doesn't happen automatically. I've waited for. 60 years, 40 years, 15 years, and the light didn't come by, on by itself. I have to cultivate the conditions in which I can experience the light. Mm -hmm. right? Yes. 
Well, I have to take the cobwebs away from my eyes and my whatever. So it also means recognizing that I will tend to forget. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I don't want to forget. So what do I do? Right now, I start doing positive behaviors. I take a situation, anything right now. It could be us talking right now. I'll take that situation and tune in to myself, being aware of myself as I'm listening to this conversation. But the, mm -hmm. the fundamental is always the ground is that I'm I am consciously relating this to myself being right now. Right. I choose to do that in the next moment and the next. And if if something comes up, like somebody rings the bell or somebody throws something on top of your roof, what have you, you get right back back again. If you get distracted for a moment, you get yourself back as loyally and lovingly towards yourself as you can. Yeah. You'll be great. Yeah. And you know you will be experiencing that you're advancing in your ability to be with yourself, to be attentive, to be listening to yourself and experiencing yourself as you're going through this moment of being. Yes. And I think that's what I realized about myself in areas that I'm advancing where I feel like um, I've had the experiences and that for me, that always, that, that helps me to that because I've done it once and now I know I can do it again and it gets the confidence. It brings it back. It's, I, I know what this feels like. I know when it, when I'm not there, what that feels like. And, and, and so I guess I bring that up also for the listeners. If, if anyone's new to this, if anyone's just getting started, if maybe they're feeling some of the ways that we're talking about today, that just as Earhart said, the continuous practice, the continuous practice and the willingness to continuously practice and valuing yourself enough to continuously practice is, um, you know, I just wanted to remind the listeners of that today because I don't think we've really gotten that far into and to come on the other side of things once people are actually doing this and maybe some of the things they might experience while they're doing it. You know, as soon as you're doing it, away from you drop the opinions, oh, this is so difficult. Yeah. This takes so much energy. I don't have the energy right now. Yeah. To be. I yeah. want to be dead. Yeah. Right. 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 You never want to be dead, you know? You always want to be in the experience of being. And then eventually, when it comes to getting dead, continue in the experience of being because consciousness is not attached to a body. Right. You know? Yes. Yes. Consciousness just is. And so a lot of avenues, open, worlds open up to you. Yeah. But meanwhile, so one point I want to point out from what you were saying is, is acknowledging what you're experiencing as you're, you said you feel clear or you feel strong, you feel yes. at peace, you feel calm. Acknowledge this. Don't just have it happen and then forget about it. Acknowledge right. it because that way your mind and feelings and emotions will be encouraged to cultivate that state in you. Yes. And that's in the, one of the areas I've noticed this is in my relationships. And when I'm, when I'm 
when I'm experiencing this and I'm reacting differently or I'm not um, consumed by what used to be feel like, um, you know, it, it, it felt so stressful or so anxious or whatever the feeling was. Um, when I'm in that moment and I'm having this different experience, it's, it, it's, I, I sort of feel like I talk to myself, like as a younger version of me, like, look, see, you can do this. You're doing this. This isn't the, the lies you told yourself about how hard it was or that you couldn't do it. Um, that isn't true. You're actually doing the thing that you didn't think you could do. Yeah. Right. So one simple um, statement about this is if you want to be in consciousness, stop cultivating unconsciousness. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, so that's, again, very simple. Every action that we do leaves an impression upon the matrix of our energies, our mind, feelings, emotions, senses, intellect, intuition, leaves an impression on there. Impressions we're aware of, like we say children, are impressionable. You can make an impression upon them by your adult behavior easily upon children, right? Right. Impressions. Well, impressions, they're not objects, but they're energies. Impression is an energy that cultivates repeated behaviors of the ones that cause the impression. Do you see? I do, yes. In your life, you have a positive impression. Let's say your parents brought you up and said, oh, you beautiful power of being, you are so clear and so joyous and so on, relate to you that way, not just in the, the words, but relate to you as, yeah. as a, a being that is valid and um, beautiful and makes fantastic choices and so on. So those, if that is the impression that will cause more and more circumstances where those, be, those experiences of yourself come about in this positive way, you build more and more energy to keep going in that direction. Right. However, not many people were brought up to think of themselves as powerful and beautiful and absolutely valid, that they are the power of being, and then you have characteristics way beyond that that I don't even need to go into right now. But so when you cultivate that, that is a, a child that becomes very secure, very joyous, and she is free to develop the many other dimensions about her. Mm -hmm. She's not stuck on whatever is hindering her at the beginning or somewhere after the beginning, right? She's not right. stuck trying to deal with that and get through with that. She's able to go on and evolve more and more in all the different dimensions that are available to her. Right. And since if that didn't happen to you as a child, you as an adult can still choose to make that happen for you. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, choice has been a big theme in today's show and we're coming up on the end of our time, Earhart. So before we close out today, what final thoughts do you have about, about 
choosing, about choice, about, I love that quote you just said, if you want to live consciously, stop cultivating unconsciousness. Mm -hmm. Well, for all of this, you know, this sounds so, so repetitive and basic, but for all of this, you have to value yourself sufficiently to, to put in the, the energy to make this happen. Right. Your, your awareness of your experiences of yourself to make them happen. Because you can leave the mind just run from one situation to another, to another object, and on and on and on, and you're left out, you're left behind, and you have nothing to do with it. If that's what you want, you, you know how to choose that. You've proven that to yourself. Right. But if you want something else, because you love yourself, you value yourself, you want to give yourself this fullness of experience of being you in this life and all the time, well, you can do that. You everything that you need to do that. Yeah, and we've had... And if you need help, then find help. Yeah. This is really important to you. Are you going to do something now that, you've, that you may have experienced something today? Can, are you going to respond? Because if you say, yeah, I will tomorrow, it's not going to happen. Right. And we had been talking on some of our previous episodes about challenging the listeners to let us know, what are you going to do about this? What are you going to do with this information? And I'll put that challenge out again in this episode. Um, we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear your thoughts, your next steps and what that's like, because as just as Earhart said, if we keep putting this off, nothing ever changes. So if you, and I think if you're listening to this episode, you want change in your life. So we want to hear what, what you're doing in your life uh, to, to change. Yeah. Because otherwise what we're talking about, if it's just disregarded, then it's of no value to the person. Right. I'm not really interested in just talking and talking. You know, I, I think like with my life, I, I respond to what I know is positive for me, is true, and simply live it. It's not complicated. Yeah. Yeah. You know? The suffering and the labor lie creating a world that's not true. Yeah. Creating a false alternative to, to what is. And that's yeah. why that is so tiring and exhausting because you give out energy and get nothing in return. Right, right. Suffering. So yeah, I want to thank you for joining us again today. Again, as, as always, um, I just love our conversations and um, really, really love having you on the show. Okay, you're very welcome. All the best. My guest this week has been Dr. Erhard Vogel, author of many books. And the most recent book is A Dialogue with Death, The Teacher of Life, An Ancient Story for the Modern World. And I'll link to Erhard's website in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. You've been listening to the Create What You Speak podcast brought to you by webtalkradio.net. You can also hear the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and your favorite podcasting platform. I'm Sloan Fremont, and I hope you'll join me for the next episode of the Create What You Speak podcast, where we will continue to free our minds, expand our consciousness, and untangle those thoughts and patterns that keep us from living the life we desire. Check out my website, sloanfremont.com, to learn more.